Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinion. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. This week's reviewer of the week is Sutton38. She says, best source of information. This podcast has truly been my best source of information during my first pregnancy. I am enrolled in another birth course, did so before finding this podcast, have a doula and have attended pregnancy exercise classes, and nothing and no one has prepared me like this podcast has. Thank you so much. I don't know that there is like a more flattering comment than that. So thank you so much. There is literally a podcast episode for every question I've had, and I will recommend the birth course to all my friends because of that reason. Thank you, Stephanie, for all of your research and the way that you carefully present information in the most unbiased way possible. I feel confident going into my first unmedicated birth because of you. Um, Thank you so much. I feel very humbled by that comment, and I also want to tell you to please let Let me know how your birth experience goes. Um, Shoot me an email, hello at myessentialbirth.com and tell me all about your birth experience because I am cheering you on and I can't wait to hear about it. Okay, this week's podcast episode is all about the golden hour, which you probably grabbed from the title, Um, but maybe you don't even know what that is. And so especially for our first time moms or moms who have had babies before but haven't received this kind of care, I'm excited to kind of jump in and talk to you about that golden hour, AKA the first hour after baby is born, kind of what happens, what you can expect, how to get it if it's not something that is super quickly offered to you um, during your care and why it's so important. So what is that golden hour? Um, As I said, it's the first hour after baby is born, and it's the most important and crucial hour during baby's transition from womb to the outside world. Uh, This transition in first time, this first hour, should be a time where mom and baby are left undisturbed. So this is the time for them to bond, to get to know each other, to love on each other outside of the womb, right? I think maybe it might be a little bit easier for that baby because they've lived inside of mom this whole time to kind of like, oh, I have to be next to her. For mom, I think it's like, let me get to know you, you know? I've only felt you kicking and all of this. Some moms feel an instant connection. Sometimes it takes a little bit. This golden hour is actually really, really important for that. And in fact, I don't have the link, but I should probably go searching for it. I remember reading a study early on in my birth career where they talked about when babies were taken immediately from 
like animals, right, were taken away immediately and then tried to be reintroduced and the moms wouldn't take them. And so there is something to that. There's hormones flowing. There's bonding time that needs to happen. There is something special and sacred about that first hour of birth. And that's why they call it the golden hour and why different care providers um, and, and birth locations offer that that is so important and crucial for mom and baby's relationship from that point forward. Now, I don't, I'm, I'm going to get into what if there is a situation where I can't have this golden hour and how you can still bond with baby. Um, but I just want you to know if you have the opportunity that this is actually really important and really excellent time for you guys to bond. So if you are at a hospital um, and they have something called birth uh, wait, nope, not birth, baby-friendly certification. This is something that is part of that certification for them to be able to have is that they will instantly, automatically, for sure, offer you this golden hour. Um, and there's stuff that goes along with the golden hour. It's not just, oh, mom and baby are together, so we're not doing a couple of these procedures. I'm going to get into all of the benefits right about now. Um, but just unless there's emergency reasons that mom and baby can't be together, if you are with a certified baby-friendly hospital, this will absolutely happen. Um, and I think it's important too to make sure that you reach out to your care provider, to your hospital, to your birth center, to wherever, and walk through what the postpartum period looks like together. Um, but this is just information kind of for you to have. They don't have to be baby-friendly or certified baby-friendly in a hospital for them to offer this. In fact, we have one here in Utah, and that's very much what they do. They are not certified baby-friendly, but it's just part of their protocol. And so too, I think it's important because if you know those things, then you know what's gonna, what you want on your birth plan or your birth map. All of that kind of comes together because you know what to expect. So let's get into the benefits. The benefits are many and the best part is there's impact short-term and there's impact long-term. So there's some short-term things that happen right away that are going to be crucial for mom and baby. And that goes on into like breastfeeding relationship later on or just feeling closer to your baby, which is awesome. So as soon as baby's born, they should be placed immediately skin to skin, skin to skin. That means you know, babies born and they get placed onto mom's belly or onto mom's chest. Not they get wrapped up into the tight little squaddle, swaddle and then put close to mom and the baby's head is maybe leaning on her chest. That is not actually skin to skin. So the great thing about skin to skin, and this works not just with newborns, this can actually work as your baby grows and gets older and even deals with illness and stuff, is putting a baby skin to skin with mom will help regulate the baby's body temperature. And so if you've seen right right after baby's born, they want to like whisk them away and take them over and they want to do all the checks and stuff. But what do they do? They put them under a baby warmer. Well, you don't need a baby warmer if mom and baby are skin to skin and you can help regulate that baby's body temperature. The other side of that is that the, that skin to skin contact actually helps. It reduces the risk of low blood sugar. And so it helps get baby's blood sugar to where it needs to be. I think it's pretty interesting if you think about just the mechanics of everything and how I don't know. I, I think in a lot of ways, when we involve all the medical stuff, we forget about just the nature of birth and the closeness of mother and baby and everything that's involved there. And so if you think about everything that happens from just a mother and baby being skin to skin, it's really, really interesting. Um, so it, it, it controls their body temperature. It controls their blood sugar. It also in, controls their respiration. Um, it helps with the bonding because as they're skin to skin, they're hearing mom's heartbeat. They're smelling mom. Um, and that's the same with mom. Like she's right next to baby and she can feel them breathing on her. She's smelling baby. She's touching baby. So that contact within the first hour not only regulates baby's body temperature, 
and blood sugar, but it also um, regulates their respiration. And so it's really important for mom and baby to have that bonding time. So baby skin to skin, on top of all the other stuff, they're hearing mom's heartbeat, they're smelling mom, all things that are very familiar to them already, but now they're experiencing on the outside world and kind of helps that bonding and comfort and um, babies just do well and better and are more comforted when they're close to mom. And that's the same for mom. She's reaching down and touching her baby for the first time. She's getting to know them. She's smelling them. She's feeling them on her chest or on her belly. All of that is going to be excellent, excellent for bonding. And you have to think, baby has been in a very controlled environment for nine months, right? It was warm. We kind of joke like, they really have no reason to leave. It's no wonder that it's a whole process to get them out, right? Um, but they're comfortable. Um, things are probably not as loud in there. They're definitely not as bright. And so adjusting to all of that, there's kind of this shock that has to happen within their system. Um, and it's not a bad thing. It's just part of the process. And so once that shock occurs, like, oh, dang, I'm feeling temperature and there's lights and the noise you know all of those sensory things it's very comforting to like oh I'm experiencing all this but there's still a lot of this like comfort that I can receive you know through my mom and through this touch through the heartbeat and all of that um, and so the other part of that and I think this is really cool I'm actually going to include a video for all of you guys to be able to watch um, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes but if you've ever heard or seen when a baby is placed on a mom's belly, they will naturally crawl if uninterrupted and given the time, the baby will naturally crawl to mom's breast and um, to be able to breastfeed. And so that's pretty neat too. You have to figure, right? Like they're smelling and they can hear and they like instinctually. So, you know, in a sense, like we've got kind of these animal instincts and it's really pretty neat to be able to watch. So if you haven't seen that before, I definitely want you to take a look at that video in the show notes. Um, maybe even the week that this goes out, I'll have to talk about it on Instagram or like post it to my Instagram so that you guys can see it because it's pretty cool. Um, but that undisturbed first hour is critical when it comes to natural, instinctive, baby-led breastfeeding especially. And it can help mom have an easier, more successful time with breastfeeding going forward if that's established really well at the beginning. And so that is also another reason to really consider doing that. Um, I think attachment between mom and baby is formed in those moments after delivery too. And so a baby who's going to spend their first hour getting to know mom and dad, right? Because you guys did this together. Dad's going to be there touching and hugging and squeezing and all the things too. Um, and so remember, like when baby comes out, like their, their sight is like not super great, right? They can see, they say about eight to 12 inches, which if you think about the distance between your breast and your eyes, your face, it's about eight to 12 inches. And so a baby breastfeeding can look up at their mom and really kind of take it all in and see her clearly. Um, and that's just beautiful, beautiful time for you guys to bond. So smiling at your baby, obviously you want to make sure that you are talking to your baby. Just the sound of your voice is going to be comforting. That's the same for dad, right? Like we tell him like they're in the belly and you talk to your baby, right? We tell dad, go ahead, talk to the baby. Um, they recognize those voices. They hear mom and dad talking to each other. And so once they come out, those things are very comforting to them. 
I mentioned smell. Smell is important for both mom and baby. It um, gets hormones going and does some different things that help baby and mom be able to bond. And then the feeling of skin, right? Baby hasn't felt anybody's skin except for themselves in water. And so um, feeling mom, and you'll notice they move their hands around and they're touching and they're squeezing and they're getting to know their bodies. They're getting to know your body. And it's a beautiful time for mom to be able to lay there and just touch and hold her baby. I think, too, just that benefit of intimate connection, right? We hear about this, and um, I know I even have mentioned this in previous episodes, but a mom touching her baby, loving on her baby, and especially once they get to the breast, even a baby that's nuzzling the breast and not necessarily um, nursing yet, that creates a flow of oxytocin. And oxytocin, as we know, creates contractions. Well, after you have your baby, right, it's easy for us to forget that like, oh, we still have a placenta that needs to come out, but it's true. And so the best way to be able to get that placenta out and safely Um, It actually reduces hemorrhage and and just all the other like fun stuff that can come with trying to get a placenta out safely is once a baby's nursing and they create that oxytocin, you get the contractions going. And what happens is those contractions start to help the placenta to kind of peel off that uterine wall. And when it's done gently in this way, when we use that oxytocin in this way, what happens is there's little like blood clots that form as it begins to peel off, those little blood clots form. And we don't have this like massive, like if you were to like pull a scab off, right? Um, We want the blood clots to form. And so if you've got that natural flow of oxytocin, then you're going to help release that placenta on top of, you know, oxytocin is we call it the love hormone. So that'll be time for you to bond with your baby and love on your baby, which is totally awesome. Okay, so what shouldn't happen during the golden hour? So the whole reason that we have this golden hour is so that mom and baby and dad are undisturbed for at least an hour. So that means all the normal things that we see either in the movies or that happen in real life should be halted. And that includes obviously next to like emergency. Like if baby comes out and they're not breathing or they need help with whatever, then we hand baby over and let them the professionals take care of it. Um, but if they come out and all is well, and they're placed on mommy, then they shouldn't have to do things like a weight check. There's no reason to know exactly how much baby weighs the second that they are born. That can absolutely wait for an hour. Any kind of measurements, same thing. They're still going to be the same height in about an hour. Uh, Shots, any like vaccines or blood work or hearing tests or anything like that, that can totally wait. Definitely a bath. And that's, I mean, podcast for another day, right? The bath doesn't have to happen for the first week or two, quite honestly. Um, and even then, it's like a mild form of it that is good. But it, everything that is on them, even that vernix, right? They're born with that white, creamy substance. That should be rubbed in, not taken off. Same with the bath. I mean, these are very gentle-skinned, cute little things. They're very sensitive. Um, and it's really good if we can just kind of wait to be able to do that. And then on top of that, any paperwork, right? So if you want to have those feet the footprints done and um, any of the thing that says like, yes, this baby was born there, birth certificate. That's the word I was looking for. None of that needs to be done right now. That can definitely all wait. Um, And I think, you know, yes, those things are important, but none of them are pressing matters. And so this is good time for mom and baby and dad to be bonding um, aside from any immediate danger, obviously. Okay, so what if mom has a cesarean birth? This is a big one um, because there's different ways to practice. And so different 
providers, different hospitals, there's going to be different policies or just different ways that people practice. And so I think it's really important to have this conversation again before you're in the moment. So I'm actually going to include um, for a download, I have a gentle cesarean birth plan that you can download totally for free. It'll be in the show notes. Um, And that's going to hopefully give you an idea. You don't have to use that exact one. But even if you're like, I don't really want to even think about it. Yes, I like everything on this plan. I'm going to tuck it away into my birth stuff. Perfect. That's the best way, right? Um, But it's important because there's still some things that can happen and it will also give you information about, oh, I didn't know that I could ask for my baby to be breastfeeding while I'm being sewn up. I didn't know that I could ask for skin to skin. I didn't know that that golden hour could still exist even if I have a cesarean birth, which yes, it can. Um, So if you have a cesarean birth, bonding can absolutely still occur for mom and baby. Even in the event that baby is not able to be with mom right away, um, so uh, say that because mom has something going on where she needs a little extra support, that baby can go with dad and dad can do skin to skin. I know not every dad's going to be comfortable with that, but if he is and you're, you know, he's willing to do that, then that's going to be really great to be able to bond with dad until it can bond with mom. Um, and then on top of that, there are situations where mom can be, um, even though she's having a cesarean birth, baby can be brought skin to skin. Um, that's something that is on the birth plan, right? Make sure that at least one of my hands are free and so that I can hold my baby and that I can do immediate skin to skin and breastfeeding can occur right there on the table and I can smell my baby and we can look at each other and um, the healthcare providers are happy to help you do that. So make sure that you ask and then definitely download the, the birth support. The gentle birth, oh my gosh. And make sure to download the gentle cesarean birth plan um, in the show notes. And then hopefully that'll help you like have some more information and and get all that all that ready to go. Um, But even if like mom and baby need to be separated for some reason, getting them back together as soon as possible is going to be the best bet. And then immediate skin to skin when they are back together. I'll tell you the bonding for me after having my baby via cesarean birth was probably the most difficult part of all of that. and so I think if I would have done something like skin to skin early, they did bring the baby as soon as they could. But at that point, it had been like 30 or 45 minutes um, since I had had surgery. And so once they brought the baby to me, I was shaking from the anesthesia. I didn't even want him on me. I was like, I don't know you. I felt really out of place. I was tired because I had been up for a long time. The nurse was great. But I think if there was some immediate skin to skin trying to breastfeed right away, I think that could have been pretty helpful in the bonding. And so now that you know and you have that information, if you do come up against a cesarean birth for whatever reason, then you know, oh, okay, but as long as I get my baby back and we can do skin to skin, then that bonding can still occur. So that's awesome. And then kind of like on that note, right? Like what's the partner's role, whether or not there is a cesarean birth, right? So if dad needs to do skin to skin, he can, if there's something going on with mom. Um, and then if not, obviously he's just supporting mom being able to have that skin to skin, but he's touching baby. He's, you know, probably rubbing mom's back or running his fingers through her hair or crying. It's okay to cry. (laughs) You know, it's really common. Um, but talking to the baby and touching the baby and the, I mean, the role is just to be a part of the family 
So um, just something to think about, right? Like dad has his place and we want to make sure that he's not pushed out or forced out of any of this or forgotten in the mix. And of course that won't be the case when it's actually time. Um, but okay, I know I talked about at the beginning of the episode, like how do we enforce the golden hour, right? Like how do we make sure that this is something that I'm able to receive for my birth? And so I think number one is being prepared to talk to your provider and other members of your birth team about it. So if you know that this is something that exists and something that is important to you and something that you want to be doing, then it's going to be really easy to have that conversation. Um, I think even hospital protocols can wait for this, even when they don't have baby friendly certification, even when their practice says, no, this is what we do. It's, it, it's not going to hurt anything as long as baby and mom are doing well. And so I think that's a conversation absolutely to have with the care provider, your birth team, the hospital. Uh, on the other side of that is parents and family, right? Or just friends or anybody who's coming to see the baby. I mean, sometimes they're in the waiting room or, you know, like they, they know the baby's coming and everybody is gathered. And so you feel guilty and you're like, oh, I want to show everybody the baby, or I know that they're going to want to see the baby. Well, if you want to have this sacred time alone, which is absolutely recommended and absolutely your choice, um, it's okay to make your friends and family wait. And I know friends and family are going to hate me for saying it, especially if they've been there for hours and they finally hear that baby is born. But I tell them, you know what? Great. Take some time for yourself then. Go grab a bite to eat, come back, and then you guys can see the baby. Um, but I, it's it's just definitely like your, it's not time for you to have to worry about your family and friends and for them to be able to see the baby. They're going to have years and years and years to be able to do that. I think it's a very sacred time and a sacred space and it should be respected. So if this is important to you, that's just information for you to have prior to know, oh, you don't want to have to be worrying about that. Like once baby's born, oh shoot, like my mom and dad are like waiting out there. I have to let them in. That's so rude. It's fine. Even if they get upset about it, it's fine. You can't get that hour back. So take it. Um, and it's such a small space of time, right? I mean, compared to the rest of even just that day, right? It'll be one twenty-fourth of that day and take that into days and years and months and all, you know, all the rest of it. It's just going to be like such a small space in time. And then two, you can ask your nurses or the birth assistant at your um, birth center or wherever, even the midwife at your home to like be the buffer, right? They can be the bad person and say, oh, this is their special time. They're, they're doing an hour of, you know, skin to skin and this is really good for baby. And so um, they're kind of just that buffer to make sure that nobody crosses that line. And I kind of think that they enjoy being that for you too. So don't be afraid to ask. Um, they're perfectly fine doing it. I've done it as a doula. I know that nurses are really good about doing it. Um, same with the birth centers and midwives. Like th they know and they're there to protect your space. So allow them to be the bad news bears. <laughs> and then let's talk about too, just before I finish up here, kind of questions to ask your provider. So these are things that when you're wanting to talk about the golden hour are going to be really easy for you, hopefully, to be able to bring up. So number one is like, what's your standard practice after my baby is born? What does that look like? And um, what's back best practice for that provider? Is Are they comfortable doing this? Um, is the hospital, are you going to have to fight for this? What is that going to look like for you? And, and you can kind of move from there. And then do they support that golden hour? 
is this something that you already support or that I have to like let you know about and is really important to me? Because if it is, then it's, you don't, doesn't have to end up on the birth plan um, or your birth map, you know, all of that. It's just information at that point. So that's really great. And I think too, while the benefits are clear to a lot of providers, they're not clear to all of them. And maybe they just, um, this is going to make make me sound mean or make them sound mean, but maybe they just don't care as much about that. And it, it doesn't mean that they're bad providers or mean people or anything. Like it's just not high on their list and that's fine. Um, but it, again, as with anything, if this is important to you, then it should be important to them, at least in the re- respect of like, respecting your wishes in the regard of respecting your wishes so I again 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 just something important to talk to your provider about prior to having your baby you don't want to have to be fighting for this once baby's born I think too just asking questions ahead of time is going to help you decide right is this a provider that's going to fit my needs are we on the same page here this is one of many things and so if your provider is hitting the yes box on everything else and this is you know you're like oh I hope I get this but this is not the only thing that matters to me. Obviously, that's something to weigh against those. So basically, I just want to say there are many reasons to get excited about and to plan for the golden hour. I hope that as you were listening to this episode, you're able to consider some new things. Maybe you didn't know about the benefits of, you know, the blood sugar and the breastfeeding and the bonding and respiration and all of that. I mean, these are very real, very neat things to be learning about. And so as you're planning that either birth plan or you're creating your birth map, these are some of the things that can kind of land on there. And I don't know that you have to put golden hour, but you could put immediate skin to skin, right? Um, breastfeeding right away. So all of those things are something to consider. And then two, making sure that you reach out to the hospital or birthplace. If you haven't already, take a tour and make sure that you ask about the golden hour and if this is something that they can accommodate or naturally do. Um, And then two, remember that well-meaning, loving family members, they can wait even if they've been there all night. So um, like I said, it's fun for them to be able to celebrate. And so especially if there's a couple of them there, it's like, great, baby's here and we can't wait for you to meet them. So go celebrate by making sure that you guys have something to eat um, and enjoy talking to each other and then come back and let's chat about it once you're back. So this is a special time for you, for, for mom and dad, for baby, for all of that bonding. And you deserve to have that sacred time together. That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.